On today's show, we're going to talk about four of the top shooting prospects in the 2023 WBA draft in Lou Lopez Seneschal, Ashley Jones, Taylor Mike Sell, and Taylor Robertson. Lots of basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Welcome, you Ultimates Basketball. My name is Senator Cruz. I'm a Saturday host covering the NBA draft and college basketball at large. Thanks for making Ultimates Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Ultimates Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I'm joined by my host, M. Adler, and our special guest, Lincoln. Em is a beat writer, beat writer for Seattle Storm and heads our written coverage of the WBA draft at thenexthoops.com. You can follow Lincoln at Dovienia underscore on Twitter. So to get this one kicked off, we're going to talk. We're going to break this episode a little bit different. We're going to go section by section based on each player's like kind of like their micro skills. We'll start off with the shooting just because these are four of the best shooters in the country. So I'll give it to you, Em, to kind of kick it off with the shooting abilities. Sure. So, folks, there's going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a, a lot of stats thrown at you here, so just bear with me. We're looking at Taylor Mike Sell, Lou Lopez, and Michelle, Ashley Jones, Taylor Robertson. Just to start off with their shooting breakdown, Taylor Mike Sell takes 70% of her uh, jumpers off the catch, 30% off the dribble, and 80% of her threes off the catch, 20% off the dribble. For Lou, that's 65% off the catch, so a little less, and 35% off the dribble. Um, but she takes 93% of her threes off the catch, only 7% off the dribble. So a lot more off the catch for threes from Lou. Ashley Jones takes 62% of her jumpers off the catch and 68% of her threes off the catch and 38% off the dribble uh, for all of her jumpers and 32% of her threes off the dribble. Taylor Robertson, on the other hand, is basically in the same boat. 67% of her threes come off the catch, 33% of her threes come off the dribble. For Taylor Mikesell, that looks like shooting 34% off the dribble and 43% off the catch. These are on three specifically. Lou shoots 30% off the dribble and 44% off the catch. It's a little different there. Ashley Jones shoots quite similarly. Taylor Robertson is 35% off the dribble, 46% off the catch. So most of these numbers are pretty similar. They might look a little different in the assisted percentage. Mike Sell, only 15% of her threes are self-created. For Lou, only 12% of her threes are self-created. Ashley Jones has has 32% of her threes self-created. Taylor Robertson, 29%. As a quick aside, we're only looking at stats for this year. Taylor Robertson last year, half of her threes were self were self-created. Literally half of them. I don't get it. Taylor Mike Sell. Uh, just in terms of, I'm going to say short threes and long threes, the distance here, the difference here is just 25 feet beyond or in front of. These are according to CPB analytics. Taylor Mike <clears throat> basically about half her threes come from beyond 25 feet. She's 37% on longer threes. For Lou, she takes only 30% of her threes that deep, but she shoots 50% on them. For Ashley Jones, she takes uh, only about the same percentage, 27% beyond 25 feet, but she shoots only 25% on them. And Taylor Robertson takes 40% of her threes beyond 25 feet and shoots 36% of them. 
So a little bit difference. So a little bit difference in the stat profile here. Taylor Mike Sell has uh, a little more self-created than Lou. Taylor Robertson and Jones are sort of in their own camp when it comes to self-creation, and uh, Mike Sell and Lou are sort of in their own camp when it comes to the volume of deep shooting. So no. Mike Sell, Mike Sell and T Rob are in their own camp when it comes to the volume of uh, deep shooting. In we can kind of we can kind of talk about how they get off their three pointers, like with those stats. Lincoln, what have you noticed with kind of like the differences between someone like Lou, a, her jumper, compared to someone like Jones, which is more of like a set spot up jumper? Yeah, Lou's shot is um, it comes a lot more out of like dribble handoffs and coming like one dribble pull ups. What whereas um, Jones is shooting a lot more um, spot ups off of driving kicks and. Um, coming out of like her own, just an isolation, one-on-one uh, possession, and um, Lou's shot is a, a bit more compact than uh, a lot of other shooters. Uh, she she keeps her base wide and um, has a really really sweet stroke, but it is a bit it can be a bit heavy in her right shoulder, especially later in games. I've noticed um, that she's kind of pushing with her right shoulder rather than setting a base. Um, but uh, she she still makes a whole lot of her shots uh, coming off of dribble handoffs, especially even late in games when she's uh, losing her mechanics a little bit. And I think just in terms of the mechanics there, like it's important to think about, and we talked about this, I want to say it was last week with uh, NDO Rogers of Oregon. Like you kind of, or at least has been very much in the same boat that Oregon was, that you with you kind of sort of by necessity of injury, less than by choice, that they've had so few players in. Lou has basically for most season had to play like 35 minutes a night, even though that was very clearly not what Gino Orian intended in getting her to transfer there. So I think you can take your stuff with a little bit of grain of salt in terms of late game deterioration, if that's been a case. But, you know, I think in a lot of the times that I've seen that hasn't been the case. And even at that like it's just been impressive how much he's been able to keep that up and i think you know and when we're looking at stamina here i think it's important to note that you know mike still very much faded for ohio state down the stretch of like february and march and again in addition to ohio state and oregon this is another team that because of injury she basically had to play close to 40 minutes a night and their head coach likes playing their players likes playing their players a lot, but not quite as much as Mike liked to play. And you could clearly see that she was dealing with in, with uh, just some fatigue there. But you know, she, you know, in late has necessarily faded on a higher volume this season. It hasn't been a huge problem in year, years past, but they might be a consideration for Lou. You know, that hasn't been there despite the minutes. For Jones, you know, she famously is going can put up like thirty points on twenty shots in Big Twelve play, and for Taylor Robertson. If she could get up twenty shots, I'm sure she, I'm sure she might, but she, she can't. She basically takes like ten shots a game at most. So we're talking about these different prospects. Like as you noted, Ashley Jones is more susceptible to being this off the dribble shooter. And one thing I did notice about her shot profile is within Iowa State's scheme, she doesn't take a lot of corner threes, which is like kind of like a skill set she'll need to have at the next level. Mm-hmm. Considering if teams are running horns, she's going to be in the corner or if a team's going to run any other kind of sets, she's going to be the player like kind of playing off the stars. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really seen that. I think she's shooting like sub 30% this season on corner threes. Very little volume. I will say that's like less than 40 attempts. If you and compare like, that you to someone... that's been out of her skill set in the past as well, correct? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she, she, she was decent last season. wasn't the greatest as a as a sophomore. So yeah, it's 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 not something that she's had to really do. So it'll be kind of something interesting to watch. And if you compare that to someone like Mike Sell, she's shooting like fifty percent on corner threes. Um, pretty pretty decent volume, nothing crazy. Um, and then kind of kind of compare that to Lou, she's like forty five percent, a little less volume than Mike Sell. So of those three players, I kind of prefer having someone like Lou, having someone like Mike Sell um, with the draft pick for me, considering if you're looking at shooting prospects, there's a fine line. You have to be kind of really good at stuff like that, and we haven't really seen it with Jones, which made me kind of worried for her at the next level. And the thing specifically about that is, I think, if you're in that kind of shooting role, you're either taking your threes you know, if you're not someone who's going to command the ball a whole lot because you can create offense for, you know, the rest of the team, you're going to be taking, you're going to be set up in the corner a lot. You're going to be taking those corner threes. But also the thing is like, given the, the stat breakdown, she derives so much of her shooting off the dribble and you, you can watch her. She derives so much of it just coming off of, you know, high, very high ball screens and coming off these high flares and, it sort of directs where an offense can go. She's not going to be as dominant on the ball as she has been at Iowa State. And I think my question there is, like, do you think that, you know, the shot that we've seen from her in terms of the the form and the mechanics and how quickly she gets it off, and also her athleticism in terms of foot speed, do you think that translates to being able to, you know, derive efficient shooting off the dribble in the WNBA? I, I really don't think it will. Whenever she's driving, she she's not cerebral at all when she's driving off the dribble. And I don't see teams giving her those reps, just considering she can't really pass great. She doesn't have the athleticism to kind of like draw closeouts, get to the rim with the next level. So when I'm talking about having like a player that can kind of create offense off the dribble, it doesn't seem like an efficient form of offense for her in that skill set. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Um, the The drives are not always great, um, <clears throat> and uh, occasionally she can fall into this uh, this mindset where she tries to she feels like she has a mismatch and falls into these these post ups that take up a lot of her possessions uh, inside the three point line, and they are not particularly efficient, even at the college level. So then I have even more questions about how those would translate at a professional level. Yeah, and I think she has good burst and she can get off the line. Uh, she, she can get the pump fake and get off the line pretty decently. But I think beyond that, in terms of responding while going downhill or in terms of making people miss and resetting it, it's just not a aspect of her game that has been there. And given that she doesn't, she doesn't, she does not have that much lateral quickness, you know, her sidesteps, her stepbacks, they don't cover that much ground. Um, given that, given the fact that like, she pretty much only looks decent dribbling right and moving right. I think there's limits on what, on where that can go. So we'll continue to talk about these players and their shooting ability. And we'll kind of go into their other parts of their offense as well. But first, let me guys tell you about Nissan's most electric. Our Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new electric 2023 Nissan Aria. I know for me, it's been a blast to watch Virginia Tech's Georgia Amore. I know Amkis said the same as well. 
She is an electric shooter that has, has scored 20 or more points in three straight games. A brilliantly fierce passer of the basketball. We'll see some of those t- terrific cross-court skip passes in her synergy with uh, one of the best bigs in the in the country in Elizabeth Kitley in two-player action. So the 2023 Nissan Aria is for the people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, so let's get back into some of these shooting prospects. W- what direction do you guys want to go in with the kind of how they can direct offense outside of their shooting abilities? So I want to ask I I want to actually ask you guys and especially Lincoln about looking at Mike Sol and Lou specifically because I think those are you know the two players that sort of come up mostly in these conversations for you know obvious reasons as we mentioned you know the limits on Jones's game sort of take her out of the conversation I think for us in terms of looking at Lou and looking at Mike Sol you know, like, and you talked about so much of her stuff coming from DHOs and coming from, you know, specific off-screen, but like, but like, um, drawn-up actions. I'm wondering the comparison in your mind between how much of her offense is scripted versus how much of Mike Sell is scripted. Yeah, uh, Lou's offense comes a lot from these DHOs and out-of-bounds plays and after-timeout plays that UConn is running specifically to get her open shots on the move. Um, curling around screens coming to the short corner, especially uh, is where uh, Gino likes to get Lou going on these uh, out-of-bounds plays. Um, but a lot of her offense comes from those scripted actions. But uh, Mike Sell does also get a lot of her uh, jumpers, especially out of these um, running off staggers coming uh, around screens on the wing and at the top of the key. But she's been forced to play with the ball in her hands a bit more. Uh, with the last two seasons, especially at Ohio State, where they've had these devastating injuries to their point guards. Uh, and just not having point guards has forced her to play with the ball in her hands a bit more, which uh, occasionally looks great and occasionally does not look very good. Um, but I think that um, Mycel has a bit more playmaking than Lou. Um, and but I think that Lou is a better off-ball player, especially um, setting up screens um, and coming uh, on back cuts, especially Lou is incredible cutting, uh, especially towards the rim. Yeah, that's very, yeah, that's very much a UConn staple. I'm wondering for, for both of you, then how you – because I, I think I agree with all that. I'm wondering how you compare – the very subtle art of off-ball movement, because I think that's an important thing that is really hard for a lot of people. And then, you know, even, even for scouting, it's really hard to project just how someone's feel for, you know, moving around the arc, whether to cut or whether to lift or whether to lower, necessarily how that translates. For me, I think I've, I think we're talking about players who are very good at do at, you know, moving off the ball in general. I think Taylor Robertson is excellent at leveraging her gravity in a way that other players necessarily aren't because she commands so much with it. Um, I think Mike, for me, Mike sells sort of subtle movement into passing windows and the ability to continue moving while the ball's in the air so that she doesn't have to basically plant at all on the catch is pretty remarkable. I'm wondering how you guys compare, um, especially Lou and Michael in that sense. So I think Mike Sell is like, yeah, she's really slippery. I think she can kind of move a little bit more fluid compared to someone like Lou. But 
for Lou, I think she makes so many smart decisions on the court. She understands where to be. That can kind of be with UConn as well, just having such smart coaches. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, I think I, I believe more in what Lou can do at the next level. And she's also got like two to three inches as well in height, uh, which is also another advantage for her, considering it's such split hairs between these two players. She is a couple years older, I believe, maybe like a year or so older. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the two prospects. Yeah, and Lou's off-ball movement is not only a product of UConn's system. Uh, I've watched a couple of her games at Fairfield, and she was setting up defenders, getting overplayed there as the um, MAAC Player of the Year, and uh, getting easy buckets off back cuts, coming off screens, and just flying all over the court and getting shots up wherever she could, even in um, an offense where she was even more of the focal point than she is at UConn. Yeah, she's a 75% finisher this season. Um, only 17, good? yeah, 17% of her field goal, attempt, field goal attempts come um, at the rim. That's like compared to Jones, that's Jones, Jones is 27% of her field goal attempts come at the rim. And then Mike Sell is at like 16%. So she's taking more than, more than Mike Sell, but less than Jones. Better efficiency as well, but it's kind of, it's not really arguable because Jones is on these post ups. And I don't think that's an efficient play type at all. And I and I yeah, I don't think we need to go into Jones's post ups much. But for those who may have watched her and said like, oh well, she gets buckets here. In terms of the looking at that and actually trying to translate that to the WNBA level, her ability to get into post ups doesn't involve like actually establishing post positions so much as it is dribbling again, mostly with the right sort of just backing down smaller defenders and then taking a whole lot of pivots to get into the shot. At the WNBA level, help defense will arrive by the time that she's able to get that shot off. Defenders will also be stronger and faster and not be as susceptible to these moves. And, you know, the reason why we're lower on that translating for her than we are for, you know, other players who might have, you know, uh, whose, like, sort of secondary moves might be similar is because when it comes to Jones, she just hasn't shown really any counters when this initial stuff is taken away, other than trying to find someone to kick it out to, or really, she's pretty susceptible to held balls in this sense. But I, I think for me, I have a question about Lou and Mike, though, especially Hunter, as you talked about um, valuing Lou's cutting and screening over Mike Sell's, you know, sort of ability to create her shot more a little bit. Given the difference in height, and the difference in height here is about two inches. Mike's also listed, I believe, 5'11", Lou's listed 6'1". Do you consider these players to be playing the same position? Like in the W, do you consider them both to be optimized at the three, or is Mike's all a two? So, that's tough. Because I think because this ha- determines a lot of how you can value their skill sets differently. Yeah, because kind of how you view it is like their position is who they're going to be defending. Um, we can kind of get into that if you guys want to as well on kind of how they positionally defend. So I think I think that gives Lou a little bit of an advantage just because she's like 6'1". I think she's a little bit stronger for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it makes a big difference um, on where I would like kind of project them in this class. I don't know, where, where are you at on how that kind of like goes into, the, goes into the picture? For me, I think if, we, if we're saying that I think Mike Sell can probably hang at the two. And I think that that means her having less screening and less uh, sort of basket cutting is 
very strongly mitigated by the fact that she is uh, a very good two-player game um, playmaker and you know can can pull up off the dribble a little more. So I think that sort of plays more to the strengths and plays down the weaknesses compared to Lou, where I think I I don't think I'd be caught dead playing Lou at the two. Yeah, probably not on that. And so after after the break, we will kind of get into the defensive portion of their game. It isn't great, but we'll have to we'll discuss it. And then also <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about just ranking these prospects. Where would they fall in this draft, and kind of where we're at with the process? Okay. So, M, I'll let, I'll let you I'll let you start off here. Um, who would you say of these four players is the best defender? I know it's I know it's a small margin, but who would you say is like the best of the worst? Can I go with no one? I mean, I, I I'm aware. It's it's tricky. I think I think when we are talking about who is the quote unquote best defender here, it comes down to who has the most mitigable weaknesses. Like so, Lou, for instance, she two nines well when she's uh, guarding in the corner. Um, she ha- so she has pretty good off ball positioning. But you can see like whenever someone comes like whenever someone who's not her assignment comes close to her, like it's all kind of for show. She positions off the ball well, but it's for show because she is always going to defer to her player. She's pretty bad at providing help defense at all, and it's just non-existent with her. With Mike Sell, Mike Sell is going to sort of make up rotations well, and she can do that pretty well. But when it comes to responding on the ball, she's often caught, like, not phys- not physically out of position too much, but her footwork's going to get her kind of killed at the point of attack in a way that, you know, Mike Sells does too, or not Mike Sells, sorry, Luz does too but it just doesn't happen as often, I think. When we're talking about Jones, uh, she's just kind of terrible at everything. She's honestly just kind of terrible at everything. Um, I mean, Taylor Robertson's probably just by far the best defender of this group, I'm going to say. Taylor Robertson is like a solid <laughs> defender. Um, on, uh, she's just kind of a solid defender, surprisingly. Not good, but like solid. The three, I, I kind of split them when I was trying to figure out how I would evaluate their defense. I, I split into different categories and uh, defending guards, defending forwards, and uh, playing defense off the ball. And um, I think that Lou has a little bit of an advantage defending guards. Um, I think she's probably the quickest, which mm-hmm. is not a terribly high bar to clear. Um, <laughs> but I think that Mike Sellett is the best off-ball defender by default because she's active. She has a lot of experience playing in these zone presses that uh, they ran at Maryland and Oregon and occasionally at Ohio State as well. So she knows how to jump these passing lanes and how to get uh, activity off the ball going. And um, I think that Jones is fairly strong for a player who's listed at six foot. And Mm -hmm. that gives her a bit of an advantage Guard, uh, defending forwards who aren't uh, who aren't super fast. Yeah, yeah. I I've liked her defense in the paint and uh, like defending post ups one on one has been not terrible. Um, and Robertson is a solid positional defender and she does her job, but she's very limited beyond doing her job. Which, look, if we're saying you can do your job well, I think that's kind of 
got you a leg up on some other players here. The, the thing with Jones is, and I and I and I agree with you as far as defending post a little more. The thing of her complete and utter inability to provide any semblance of help defense is even more pronounced when you are putting her in the post because the post is where you need your help defense to come from. So I think mm-hmm. that is sort of a poison pill there. And with these players, one thing I notice about Lou specifically is within UConn's scheme, they don't when, when okay whenever she's like in a ball screen, they're always her teammates always calling out a switch because she cannot mm-hmm. get around these screens really ever. Nope. Um, I don't really some of her off ball defense I don't really like either. I don't think she makes quick enough closeouts onto her shooters as well. Um, so I think I think with with all these players in general, you aren't drafting them to be defenders you're drafting them to space the floor be good corner shooters and kind of provide like team passing just keep the ball moving stuff like that so if we're if we're kind of like ranking these prospects i I don't think any i think we can agree none of these prospects are like first round grades just because they're limited um but where I'll, i'll give it to you lincoln how would you kind of like structure these players like on a ranking yeah to me I go back and forth between Lou and Mike Sell as the best of the group. Um, I like Lou's shooting a bit more, but I think that Mike Sell can do a little bit more as a passer and defender. So I go back and forth on those. Um, And then I would have Jones and Robertson a a tier below those two at least. Um, But I think the real question is, like, can any of them provide value outside of shooting and whichever one you think is the most likely to do that is the one that you put first. Yeah. And I think that's why I have Mike Sell ahead of Lou, not by a whole lot, but I think the ability to create off the dribble um, and not just unassisted, but just, you know, one dribble, two dribble spot ups, attacking down to left closeouts. And Lou does ex- exceedingly well, these one dribble pull-ups, but for me, it's a little better with Mike Sell because she has a better feel for where she's going on the interior. She has a better feel for sort of getting in the getting into the teeth of the defense when possible and making something happen, or at least getting to sort of higher percentage shots. Because for Lou, if you here's the thing, here's the thing with me for Lou, if you can get her to do basically everything she currently does, but you set these DHOs and you set these ball screens for her two feet, three feet higher above the arc, then these one triple pull-ups are coming into three-pointers. And if that's if you can just make that shift, I think then she's like one of the better just pure scoring shooting prospects that we could possibly talk about just overall. If, if you think that's in the cards, then I think that I would th- probably have her above solidly. If not, then I think, you know, Mike's all by a hair over Lou and then a pretty solid gap to, I would honestly go T-Rob at this point. I think T-Rob looks that she has improved athletically since last year. I will say that as a fact. So I think that's enough to vaguely be possibly able to stick on a WNBA court. I don't think it's necessarily likely, but I know I think it's more likely than you two do. And then Jones is somewhere past that. And I know Lincoln had a couple interesting comps for these players. I'm going to agree with you guys, though. I think Mike Sell and... Same with Lou. I think these are like really good second round values for mm-hmm. me, given second they have values like a, who will go in the first round because of this draft. Yeah, but like what what makes me value them is they have that really good skill. There's some players in this class that just don't have that kind of like standout skill. We're talking about like players like Zaya Cook, for example. She they they oh, have a skill. They they have a skill that I think is translatable 
and yes. that means something. So I think in in terms of like camp, it's like a safe place. It's a safe kind of a safe um a safe a safe outlet they can go um in terms of like kind of trying to like generate offense. So um yeah, I know, I know you had a couple comps though, Lincoln. Yeah, um I think that when I'm watching Lou, uh, I see a lot of Kayla McBride in terms of just pure shooting, flying around and just being able to shoot from anywhere at any time out of any action pretty much. Um, and that's like, that's like the strongest uh, comparison that I see of any of these four players. And if you're getting, if you're getting Caleb McBride, that is a first round player, but that's, that's probably like a high end outcome. And one yeah, thing I did note, a high end outcome. unrelated, there's one thing I did note to you guys um, on the chat so Lou, if people don't know, Lou is going to be 25 strike, shortly after the draft. She is actually closer in age to Kayla McBride than she is to um to her. She's an international prospect who's like 18 years old. So we're talking about a yeah, Mia Hirsch. We're talking about a player that you're getting you're getting her prime on a rookie contract, which is I think you are valuable. also you are also getting effectively you're, you're almost certainly getting who she's going to be there's yeah, probably right. not a lot of room for improvement over what you think you can coach up to her in camp but what i think about like the WNBA, uh what i kind of noticed is these teams would rather they would rather have someone they can play than someone that they could keep at the end of their bench they just they're kind of impatient with like kind of the draft um kind of the draft process compared to the nba side where they have like two-way contracts they can keep a player that's like two years away from me and two years away on their on their team. Um, shout out Bruno Caboclo. Um, so I, but I, 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 I just I think I think with Lou, I think she can stick on a roster. Um, the shooting's legit. She's shooting forty percent from three. Um, the shot profile is super super complete. Same with Mike Sell. These are probably the two players I would kind of bet on to stick. Yeah. And I think Jones. I think Jones will probably stick just because of her called notoriety and just kind of that stuff. And then same with Taylor Robertson. She could, if she's just a nuclear shooter at some point, you're saying, all right, she's on my roster. So cough, I don't know if yeah, there's, there's, there's like two ways that any of these players make a <laughs> roster. And it's if the shooting is good enough that the fact that they can't really do anything else doesn't matter. And if they can do enough to stay on a court, on the court or on a roster outside of being a really good shooter to stick on a roster. That's the two ways that I see any of these players really sticking in the W. Yeah. If any yeah. of these players shoot, if any of these players shoot like 35%, I don't think they're WBA players. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I think, and I think for those reasons, I would expect to see Lou and Mike sell break camp and probably finish their first season uh, on a roster. I would be absolutely shocked to see Ashley Jones on a roster in the month of, uh, June, and you know we'll see with T Rob, but probably not as well. So thanks for making Ultimate's basketball your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment across the NBA, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game. Follow game to game on Locked on NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Next Saturday, we might just maybe get into some discussion on. International prospects. I kind of mentioned her name earlier. 
She is a darling in my heart. My favorite prospect in this class, Mia Hirsch, and we'll kind of talk about some other players, um, um, some 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 Australian players, and as well. But um, yeah, so just enjoy the rest of your weekend, women's hoops. Um, should be a good one.